Good morning. Happy Father's Day. If you haven't got coffee and donuts, please just get up and go get them. Um, looks like we've got about 100 more donuts left, so y'all do the math. All right. Uh, glad to have y'all. I do want to uh, say a special welcome to our dads. I also want to acknowledge um, there are those of us here and, and joining us online uh, who miss our dads. Right? Our dads aren't with us anymore. There are those of us who miss the dad we never knew. Right? And so this day is a day of joy for some. It's a day of sorrow for others. It's a day of all those things mixed in together uh, for some. And so <clears throat> with that, I want to say uh, just a, a, a prayer for us as we gather together and celebrate um, dads and acknowledge the fact that there are some that we just miss. Let's pray. Jesus, um, life is this way. Jesus, you've made us with, with these emotions. And um, some days bring out uh, certain emotions, and some days bring out others. And Father's Day can be one of those days that, that bring up um, a whole uh, bucket of emotions. And so, Father, I, I pray... Uh, that as we gather together to worship you, we bring all those emotions with us. Um, because you're a God who doesn't hide, and you're a God who doesn't need us to hide either. Um, and so I pray that, that we will be honest today. Honest where we are, and we will bring that to you. Uh, and that you would meet us there. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Now, for uh, those of you who uh, are joining us here, whether you're online, here's what I've been praying for us today to experience uh, and to know as we go through this text today. Um, here's what I hope. I hope we have this Jesus-empowered, like grace-filled uh, understanding of where we are in our spiritual lives. I pray for honesty. I have prayed for clarity. And I pray that we also have an understanding of a very clear next step for us. Like, what do we need to do? Because sometimes, I know sometimes when, when uh, I preach, when, when Matt preaches, when, when we gather together, sometimes it is, it is a, a really good idea, sometimes it is a really good thought, but sometimes, sometimes that next step is a little unclear because some of that's intentional. We want you to take that to the Holy Spirit and, and have Him tell you what that next step is. That's what I pray happens today for all of us before we leave here. And so we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. We're going to do verses 1 through 20. As you're turning there, um, uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever been asked a like thought-provoking, life-changing question? Right? Has anybody ever asked you a question that made you just go, oh, oh, wow, like, like, like maybe, uh, will you marry me? Right? That's life-changing. Hopefully, before you heard it, there was already some thought that went into your answer, right? Like, like hopefully it was already thought-provoking before it was life-changing. It's guaranteed to be life-changing for one or both. Like, that's anytime that question gets thrown out, right? Or, or maybe uh, somebody's asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? Well, that's thought-provoking. It can be life-changing. Hopefully you're not in your 30s and people are asking you that question, right? Like hopefully you at least are on the path. You're probably not doing it, but at least you, you, you know, right? 
I had a counselor ask me once, what would this decision be if fear wasn't involved? That was a great question. That was a very thought-provoking question. Have you ever been asked these kinds of questions before? Well, today we got another one for you. Jesus is going gonna, is gonna to tell a story, is what Jesus is going to do, and in that is this implied question. And so, so let's, just, let's just dive in. In verse 1, in chapter 4, it says this. It says, and again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. Now, now here's the picture Mark is doing. Mark is the author of this book. He's the, the one who wrote it, and Jesus has gotten into this boat, right? A lot of people believe this is the boat that they, if you look in, in chapter 3, verse 9, it says that they procured this boat for emergencies, right? Like, if the crowd got really big and Jesus needed to get out, they had, they had a way to get him out. Well, this boat was sitting here. The crowd got big. Jesus didn't want to leave. He wanted to teach the people. And so, so what he does is just simple logistics. He gets out in the boat, and he starts teaching the people from the boat on the sea, and they're standing on the shore, and his voice carries across the water. It's pretty ingenious, right? It's logistics. But Mark, you know, anytime you're reading the scripture and you see details like this, you ask yourself, like, why is this here? Like, what's the point of telling us this? So we know Jesus, like, doesn't get seasick. Like, what, what, what's the point here? And I think what Mark is doing is something really good because Jesus was this expert teacher, right? And, and he taught his disciples, and his disciples taught others uh, to be this, these expert teachers. And what Mark is picking up on is something that he wants his readers to see. So, so let me ask you this. Where is Jesus? Right? Where does it say Jesus is? On a boat, right? Where's the boat? On the, on the water, on the sea, Right? In, in ancient times, sea, the sea represented like chaos, right? It represented confusion because, because the waves would come in, storms would come in from the sea. You could, you could fish on the sea and you never knew what was going to happen, right? Are you going to catch fish or are you not? Are you going to catch a lot? Are you going to catch, you're not going to catch anything? And the sea was this unpredictable place. And, 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 and what Mark is showing us is that Jesus' words here, and it's going to be explained in this in the story that he's going to teach us. But but Jesus' words here are designed to bring order out of chaos. Right? They're, they're, they're designed to be truth in darkness. That that this picture of Jesus on a boat is like he is this boat of safety on this on this sea of confusion. Right? And and like, gosh, do we need that today? You watch the news, you listen to influencers online, like there is a sea of confusion out there. But Jesus is this boat on the sea of confusion teaching us truth, okay? Now, where are the people? Where does it say the people are? On the land, that's right. Now, the, the, the word used here for land is soil, right? So, so Jesus is on the water in the boat, teaching truth to people that are on the soil, all right? Hold that word and hold that image in, in your head as we go through this, because it kind of brings this, this parable uh, to life a, a little bit. Verse 2 says this, And when he was teaching them many things in parables, 
and, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching, he said to them. So, so Mark is, is, is telling us two things here. One, that Jesus is teaching in parables, and, 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 and parables are these stories that would portray a specific lesson. They add context, they add color to the lesson because Jesus uses things that are common to the people that he's teaching to. It may not be common to us, but it was common to them. And, and, and that's where Jesus is his expert teacher and, and he's doing this for a reason. He's gonna tell the reason in just a minute. But, but John, I mean, Mark wants us to know that he told lots of parables to the people. It was one of his favorite teaching styles was just to get up and, and tell stories that had a point, but he does it for a reason, which we'll see. But Mark wants us to know that what we're about to read is just one of the parables that Jesus told, one of the parables that Jesus taught. Well, let's, let's see what it is. In verse 3, it says this, it says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it, and other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away, and other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil, and it produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, what if, <clears throat> what if I started my sermon with this a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Right? What, what, what do you immediately think of? Star Wars. For the other space fans, if you've got them, what if I started this way? Talking about new frontiers. What's that one? Star Trek. All right, and if you don't like any of those shows, I don't know you. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do. I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to give me some feedback about other things. Um, this is what Jesus does. He starts with this word, listen. Right? And, 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 and what he's doing is he's, he's starting a way that a, a Hebrew person would understand and it would remind them of something else. Because if you were a good Jewish person, every day and every night you recited the same prayer. You recited what's called the Shema. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And every morning and every evening, they, they would say that prayer. And it begins with the word, listen, O Israel, hear, O Israel. And so when Jesus stands up and he says, listen, and says, hear, what he's doing is he's echoing them back to the Shema. And he's saying the words that he's teaching from this boat to them are the words of God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart in your mind, in your soul, in your strength. And then what if, what if after I finish my sermon every week, what if, I, what if I said this? If I just, instead of praying and saying amen, I just said, listen, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But you can if you want. Right, like, like that's what he does. He is, he says, if you have ears to hear, you know, ears to hear and let the, and all this stuff, and and like what we see is the disciples are like, I, do you know what he? I don't, I, I don't know, right, right, like 
And we laugh at this, but, but have you ever read the Bible and had no clue what you just read, right? You know, maybe you can recite the facts and you can say what was going on, but you have no clue what it means. Kids, students, like sometimes you sit in here and you're wondering what in the world I'm talking about, right? Like, like I get it. This is what the disciples felt like. This is what those closest to Jesus felt like. But, 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 but what we're going to see is that when we feel that way, we can also do what they did, right? Because, because look at this in verse 10. Verse 10, it says this, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And, they, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. So you read that and you're like, okay, what secret? Like, if I was a disciple, too, I'd be like, and, you know, like, where are we going with this, Jesus? What secret are you talking about, right? So, so, so if we look at verse 10, it says, and when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables, Right? And, and Jesus is going to talk about those on the inside and those on the outside. And what he's saying is that, listen, you, you people, y'all are in the inside. Y'all got me, right? You can come to me with your questions, right? Last week, we talked about this. We talked about how Jesus invites us to be with him into this, this different kind of kingdom, into, into a different kind of war that's a war about forgiveness, not about winning. It's a war, uh, and into a different kind of family that we're not just, you know, we're not related by blood. We're, we're related by the blood of Jesus. And so that crosses uh, ethnicities. It crosses socioeconomic statuses. It's, it's when we gather together as a church, we are family right? Which is why we said, y'all go help yourselves. Like, don't feel like you got to sit down. At, our, at my in-law's house, the rule at the table is you have to have one foot on the floor at all times, right? Which is a great advantage for someone tall like myself. I can reach a pretty long distance across the table to get what I want, right? With one foot on the floor, right? Like, like this is family. Go get you some more donuts. Take some home with you. Like, like we're family, right? And what makes us a family, what, what brings us into a new kingdom, what, what gives us the ability to wage a different war is the fact that we are with Jesus. He gives us all of that. You see, those on the outside have the invitation, but they haven't accepted it. Right? They have the always open invitation to come to Jesus, to be with Jesus. They haven't done that. Like, have you ever gotten an invitation and not Receive, like not said yes. Has that ever happened? Like, 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 uh, you know, like you got in this invitation to go somewhere and you couldn't, and and then you discovered afterward that that it was an amazing time, right? Have you ever been with the team and they're all going out afterwards, but you have to go home, and then the next practice you hear about this crazy story that you missed, right? That's what it feels like to be on the outside. There's this amazing thing going on, right? But here's the deal. With Jesus, there's this always open invitation to be on the inside. And when Jesus says secret, it doesn't mean something that's hidden. It means something that's about to be revealed, which is a big difference. Because our, our God doesn't play hide and seek, right? Like we think he does, and he doesn't. He's telling the disciples 
what this secret to the kingdom is. You see, and this is what happens on the inside is we get to to go to Jesus when we don't understand, right? We get to ask the questions, whatever kind of questions we have. You see, the secret being revealed is is being revealed to the disciples and it's being revealed to us and it's this, that that guys, this is what he says to all of y'all listening, to disciples and those with them. He says, listen, y'all are learning as you go, but the difference is you're learning as you go with Jesus. And that makes all the difference. Right? Like, life with Jesus, for those of you who have been doing it for a while, is definitely a learn-as-you-go experience, isn't it? Nobody says yes to Jesus and has all the answers. And if they do, don't trust them. (laughs) Right? Because they don't. They they just haven't learned that lesson yet in the learning as they go with Jesus. Right? It's why there's so many verses in the Scriptures about teaching us how to get along with each other, right? To bear with each other's burdens, to be patient with each other. The word long-suffering is in the context of us, right? Because we're learning as we go, and we're learning as we go with Jesus. Parenthood is learning as you go with Jesus experience, isn't it? Any given day, parents feel like failures, because we're learning as we go, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm learning as I go with Jesus. Right? Remember that when they, when they do something wrong, <laughs> right? Like we are learning as we go with Jesus. Someone told me once that, that leading a church is like learning to build an airplane in the air. Right? Life is like learning to build an airplane in the air, isn't it? We're learning as we go with Jesus. You see, and Jesus is speaking parables to people because what they do by the sheer nature of a parable is it brings people to Jesus when they have questions, and then those who don't want him go away. Right? That's what he's doing. He's doing it so that people can see clearly where they are with Jesus and where they stand with Jesus. Well, let's look at verse 12, because let's look at what he tells them. He says this, he says, So that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. That those on the inside, this is the key, that those on the inside have turned to be forgiven in Jesus, and those on the outside haven't, right? Those on the inside have turned to Jesus, and to those people, he says this. Look at verse 13, he says, He says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, here's here's what understand, right? He's asking the question, how? How will you understand the parables? And then he teaches them the explanation. And he's showing them, how do you understand the parables? You come to me. That's how. And so it's not condemnation. It is an invitation. And oftentimes, like in Merland, Soil. Did you see the word soil in this parable? Like the good soil, 
the rocky, you know, the path, the hard soil, like, like this story, this parable uses the word soil. And so, so this picture that Mark captured, this picture that Jesus used to teach is that his words of truth are going to fall on the people that are not just on the soil, they are the soil. And there are all different types of people listening to the truth that Jesus is teach, all different kinds of soil types. Right here in this room, as I read God's word, there's all different kinds of soil types in this room. There's all different kinds of soil types listening to us online, whenever it is that you're listening, like, like Jesus understood this. And he used this picture of, of the people being the soil in his story because it's not just about a farmer throwing seed around. It's about people listening and hearing the word of God and acknowledging they are all over the place when God's word is being taught, even when it's being taught from Jesus. And then what we're going to see in this parable is this this thought-provoking, potentially life-changing question that he wants his listeners to contemplate is this. What kind of soil am I? What kind of soil am I? Look at verse 14. It says, And the sower sows the word. So this is Jesus teaching the word of God. The sower is the person that takes a handful of seed and they, they throw it wherever in all different kinds of soil types. And so here's the first. Verse 15. It says, The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is, is sown. And when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Right? And so, so in the story that Jesus told, there was this path right? And the seed fell on the path. And in the, in the story that Jesus told, the birds came and ate the seed, right? Because have you ever been on a path? Like they're pretty rock hard, aren't they? Like, like no seed's gonna, gonna start anything there. And if you were a bird and you saw that, like buffet is open, right? Right? But what Jesus says is he says, this isn't about birds and seeds. This is about your heart. And this is about what God's word does in different kinds of hearts and souls. This is the person whose heart is hard toward the truth of God. And I'll be honest, there's not many of you here in this category. There's not many of you online watching that are this. There's some, but not many, because this is the person, uh, this is the person uh, who, who, who hears God's word taught, um, but they immediately try and dismiss it. They immediately try to disagree with it. Like when, when I start preaching Sunday morning when I'm preparing and stuff, there's a verse that I typically pray over us. And it's from Isaiah chapter 55 that the word of God goes out and it will not return void without doing what it was set to accomplish. Because here's what I know. When God's word is taught, something happens, right? I don't know what that is. 99% of the time, but something happens. And then it comes back doing the work that it was supposed to do. Sometimes what happens is that it lands on a hard heart, right? And if you're here with a hard heart, you're not listening to God's word, right? When listening to the words of Jesus be read, you find ways to, to disagree with them. Well, so you need to understand what Jesus says about your soil type, and it's this, that, that with hard soil, none of God's word is getting through. 
right? None of God's word is getting through. There's seed everywhere. It, it really is. It's like a burst, busted bird feeder, right? Buffet is open, but here's what he says. It's not birds that eat that seed. Satan feasts on it. He loves people with hard hearts because he loves grabbing God's word out of the way for people, right? But there's an invitation for you in this. The invitation is for you to open your heart to Jesus and for you to lay down the disagreements, for you to, to, to lay down the argument in your head and instead listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to the, to the heart of Jesus. Now, you don't want to because you've got a hard heart, but the invitation is there, right? You can. And this story is designed just to show you where you are. Look at the next soil type. Verse 16 says this, And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. Right? And so this soil type has little room for the roots to grow, right? It's like, a, it's like potting soil in a pot, and you put a pot in it that's too big for the pot. And so when the roots begin to take root and grow, there's just no room for them. The sun comes out, burns it up. We've got a squash plant in a pot that, in a pot that I think is suffering this fate as we speak, right? Like it just needs the ground. It needs to spread its roots. You see, you know this is your soil type. When life heats up, you bail out, right? That's how you know. This is, this is what I call this potting soil, right? When, when, when life heats up, you give up. You live your life as if Jesus didn't exist. You, you, you held on to it for the Sunday sermon, but then Monday hit, Right? And you no longer go to Jesus, you don't pray, you're just like, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm just going to do it, right? The, the invitation for you is to go deeper. The invitation is to transplant that potting soil into a field so that those roots can grow deeper, right? It's, it's, it's to, to step into the field of God's truth and don't settle for a little pot. Now, I might mean that literally for some of you. You got it, didn't you? Yes then if you got it, then pay attention to it, all right? It might mean you need more of God's truth and less of what you're relying on to get you through, right? Make room for those roots to grow. Perhaps you need to stop doing something, right? To allow more time for your roots to grow in Jesus because this soil this soil needs to make more time and more ways to engage in Jesus' words, to engage in God's truth. Maybe it's listening to, to, to Scripture on Audible or listening to an uh, audio version of the Bible when you're driving and just soaking in God's words. There's these CDs for kids put out by Seeds, which are literally God's word sung to music. What's crazy, when our kids were little, we had some, is when I realized I was listening to them after I dropped the kids off. And I didn't realize it, and I'm just 
bopping along, you know, like singing God's word. Maybe, maybe it's stuff like that. Maybe it's coming to, to, to the family discipleship night and learning what that looks like for your family. Maybe it's, it's reading a different translation of the Bible, grabbing the message and, and just reading it afresh or something like that. It's whatever it is to find ways to deepen your roots into God's word. Let's look at the next soil type. Verse 18, it says this, and the others are the ones sown among the thorns. And there are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. Now, this soil type is, is I'm going to call it a weedy soil, right? It's, a, it's a, like a flower bed with weeds all over it, right? What this soil type is, is too much is important. Right? There's, there's too much that's urgent. There's too much that's important. Right? And this soil has mixed God's desires and worldly desires. Right? First Peter starts off this way is it says, you know, it's to God's elect and it says, strangers in this world. Right? Jesus said we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Like, like this person has gotten those all jumbled up, and the things of God and the things of the world are all in one place. And all of it has become equally important. It's the person who thinks that they can live for money and, and pleasure and God all at the same time. Right? It's the person who thinks that, God's approves of, that God approves of everything they do, so they do whatever they want. Right? They don't know the difference between holy and common is the way the Old Testament talked about it. In more current terms, or they don't know the difference between the sacred and the secular. They don't know the difference between those two. They think it's all one muddled pot together. And so what happens with this type person, with this type soil type, is, is they mix all that together and then they wonder why their relationship with God isn't showing any progress. Right? They wonder why God's word isn't proving to be true. They wonder, they wonder like, 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 like why this isn't working. And, and, and what happens is their life is super full, but it's also super empty. Right? And you look at their social media stuff, and man, it looks like an amazing life, but their soul is hollow. Right? <clears throat> Jesus is calling these things thorns and weeds. And the reason he used the word thorns, I think, like he, they had weeds, right? <clears throat> but he used the word thorns because to get rid of thorns, you have to do something. You have to go all the way down to the root, right? If you try to pull thorns up by the vines, you're just going to get cut. But if you go all the way down to the root, guess what's not there? There's no thorns. And you can pull that stuff up by the root. That's what this soil type has to do, is they have to pull the weeds up and pull the thorns up by the root and get them out and put Jesus in his, in his pop proper place, right? Because if they don't, this person ends up dumping their faith and pursuing the weeds and the thorns Full force, And so instead, you pull the weeds and you pursue Jesus. The invitation for this soil type is to pull those weeds and let Jesus grow. Because that's what happens. When you pull the weeds out, Jesus grows. There's more room in your life 
for him. And so you make him a priority over all those other things. He becomes a priority over pleasure. He becomes a priority over escape. He becomes a priority over comfort. He becomes a priority over money. It's giving your times, your, your time, your talent, and your treasure to Jesus and letting him decide what you do with them instead of you. And then there's this final type in verse 20. It says this, But those who are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word of God, accept it, and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now, what's interesting is I was reading this. One of the commentators uh, talked about those examples. And, like, we read them, and we're like, oh, man, that's a lot, like 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And he goes, if you think about it, a lot of the plants that they planted, 100-fold is just kind of an average crop. Like, if one seed only produces a hundred more seeds, it's good, but it's average. Like Jesus isn't saying, like, if you're good soil, you are going to rock the world. He's saying, if you're good soil, chances are you're going to be pretty average. Right? Like, we need to hear that, don't we? The world of, you know, where everybody wants to be a rock star at everything. Oftentimes in the kingdom of God, the the world is changed by average people. Media doesn't point that out. They tell you the world is changed by extreme people. Y'all, the world is changed by godly, average people. Look around. We are about as average as they come. No offense. All right? This is good soil. And the question is, what type of soil are you and what do you do? Right? If you're hard soil, you receive Jesus quickly. That's what you do. When you hear God's word be taught, you don't just accept it and say, I agree. You receive it into your soul. I, I think there's a difference between acceptance and receiving something, right? Like, like, like and, and I'll use a non-scripture example. As we grow up, we hear these things about ourselves. You might hear that you're fat, you're slow, you're lazy, you're, you're no good, you're brilliant, you're perfect, Right? And these things embed themselves in our soul because we've received them. And we've received the good and the bad that comes with them. When we accept something, we can just say, yeah, that's true. Right? But Jesus is saying, like, this is the person who receives truth deep in their soul. They don't just agree to it, they absorb it. Right? And if you're hard soil, the, the, the invitation for you is to receive Jesus quickly, right? To say yes to him as your savior and to trust him. And if that is you, like I said, we have a baptism coming up. We want you to tell everyone that you have done that and make the proclamation before a body of believers that you have said yes to Jesus. Give him your life And follow him with everything you've got. That's the invitation to hard soil. To the potting soil, it's this. Receive Jesus deeply, right? Take time for God's truth to set in. And be patient with yourself. My goodness, you've got all eternity to learn the truth of God. You ain't going to get it tomorrow. It's all right. 
Let it do its work slowly, methodically, and consistently. Let it do its work. You read, you study, you listen, you memorize. I would love to help you know how to do this. So let me know. This next one is weedy soil. What do you do with that? You receive Jesus only. Your life has got too many important things, too many urgent things. Not everything is important. Not everything is urgent, even when it feels like. That's actually the definition of anxiety is when you feel like everything is urgent. That's anxiety, right? Put Jesus in his proper place. This is what A.W. Tozier says. Put Jesus in his proper place and a thousand other things find theirs, right? Start the day in prayer. In the day in prayer, make Jesus the priority. And the final one is good soil. What does good soil do? You keep receiving Jesus. What's interesting is, is when Jesus said the good, the, the good soil hears the word and accepts it, <clears throat> the way it's written in Greek is this way. That the good soil hears the word and keeps on accepting it, keeps on receiving it. It is this, this progressive tense that we really don't, don't have very good in English. And so, so it means that this person is an ongoing person, ongoing soil of receiving God's word and letting it do its work, that we aren't done. This person is the person who fully understands that we are learning as we go with Jesus. And I'm going to need him tomorrow just like I need him today. I'm going to need him tonight just like I need him this morning. That's what good soil is. That we still need Jesus to teach us. We still need him to show us his grace and mercy. We still need Jesus to teach us through his people. It's why we come here and worship. It's why you send your kids to Fellowship Kids and FK Junior so they can learn about God. And all of this was hidden to those on the outside who didn't come to Jesus. But those who came to him got the skinny, right? Do people even say that anymore? That just felt really old all of a sudden. (laughs) Right? But we keep learning as we go with Jesus. And so church, the question is, what type of soil are you? Well, let's be good soil this week. And let's keep receiving Jesus. Let's keep taking him deep into our soul. Let's pray. Father, you are good. And and I pray that you would make us good soil, that you would till those hard places. Jesus, that you would would move us from the, the, the pot to the field, that we can grow deep, Father, that you would show us what the difference is between a weed and and your true vine, and that we would pull those thorny weeds out and that we would keep on receiving you and that you would get the glory in that because you lead us there. In Christ's name I pray, amen.